0: The second sign of Jesus at Cana, the long-distance power of Jesus' word. Remember the first sign? What was the first sign? Somebody shouted out, water into wine, first sign. Today, we're going to look at the second. John chapter 4, 43 to 54. After two days, he departed for Galilee, for Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his hometown. The things that we're the most familiar with, the things that we bump into regularly, lose their impact sometimes. 45. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast, for they too had gone to the feast. So he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. Same place. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son. He was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Which seems like, I don't know. There's something in that that seems kind of abrupt, isn't it, a little bit? 49, the official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. I don't want to argue theology with you. Come before my son dies. 50. Jesus said to him, Go. Go. Your son will live. That's it. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him went on his way. And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. 53, the father knew this was the hour when Jesus had said to him. So it's exactly the same time Jesus just said, go ahead, your son's going to live and he himself believed, and all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. So we're continuing, if you're keeping track, we're continuing to unpack John's kind of profound explanation of what it means to believe. In Jesus Christ. I frequently get into conversations with people and you'll mention somebody who hasn't been in church for umpteen years and and you, you find out that they're not going anywhere and, and then someone will say something like this. But they, I think he still considers himself a Christian. And whenever I hear it, I think, well, isn't, isn't that nice that you can just sort of consider yourself Is that all there is to it? Can I just self-define myself, self-proclaim myself a Christian? Are there any other requirements? This is what John's going to be talking about. What is belief in Jesus Christ? That's what John's whole account is about. He says that's what it's for. These things are written that you might believe. So he writes to uh, define. It's timely for this culture in which we live. He writes to define and deepen. Two D words. Define, you have to know what you're talking about, belief in Jesus. Define and then deepen belief in Jesus, the Son of God. And I think if we carefully study today, John has some important insights about what believing in Jesus actually means. First, there's no point in trying to avoid the confusing verses at the beginning of this text. They seem kind of contradictory. Look at them again. 23, 24. Just a minute. Here's what I want. After two days, he departed for Galilee, for Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. So so when he came to Galilee, departed from Galilee, because there's no honor there. And then he comes to Galilee. And the Galileans welcome him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast, for they too had gone to the feast. First John says, prophet is without honor in his hometown. And yet right after that, John tells us that the people from his hometown, that's the Galileans, they welcomed him quite warmly. And then John carefully adds that these Galileans were in that crowd at the feast in Jerusalem. And there's a lot of liberal commentaries who just write this off as some kind of scribal error. But I think it misses the point. I think there's a better explanation that fits right into the context of the picture John has been painting about genuine belief in Jesus and what it means. There are counterfeits to genuine belief in Jesus. Notice, as John records Jesus' words, this is important. Jesus didn't say that a prophet is without welcome in his hometown. He said he's without honor in his hometown. Those aren't synonyms. This has a great deal to do with the way John not too subtly reminds us these Galileans were welcoming Jesus because, 45, they'd seen all the stuff he was doing in Jerusalem. So they welcomed him. They weren't honoring him, not on his terms. They were excited to see him because they saw the stuff that he had done. Little little red flags are meant to spring up in our minds because we've seen this before. Chapter 2, 23, 24. This is when he's in Jerusalem at that feast. Many believed in his name. See, John can't get away from this topic. Believed in his name when they saw the signs he was doing. But Jesus, and here's the big words, on his part did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people it didn't it wasn't just important what the people thought about jesus what was equally important was what jesus thought about the people you can't just say whatever you want and say I'm a believer in jesus jesus gets a vote in this whole thing Jesus, on his part, he didn't entrust himself because he he knew all people. Discipleship based on signs, not to be confused with initial faith based on signs. Discipleship based on signs was never welcomed by Jesus. He He knew sign faith had no staying power except the sign of his resurrection from the dead. So John, in his opening few confusing verses, is reminding the careful reader that then, as now, there are many emotional religious types who confuse interest in Jesus, who confuse admiration of Jesus, confuse that with determined, dedicated obedience to Jesus. They're not the same thing. The Galileans, they welcomed him he came. They didn't honor him. They welcomed him because they remember the stuff that he did. And they liked that. Who doesn't? This is not merely some academic issue unrelated to your life right here in this sanctuary. How often have you encountered someone who said something like, you know, Christianity just doesn't work for me. I've got to rethink this whole thing about church and believing in Jesus. That's what John is calling us to face in today's text. And for reasons you'll see in a little bit, we will need to remember this important introductory point that's going to come up again and again. Okay, point number one. The first two signs and their results The first two signs and their results. John 4, 46, and then 54. So he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. Okay, that's what he did there, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. This was now the second sign that Jesus did. When he came from Judea to Galilee, it's strange, it's strange that John calls this healing miracle the second sign Jesus did because we know, we know he worked many other miracles between, get this, he did other miracles between the turning water into wine and the healing of this man's son. And yet it seems like Jesus numbers them one and two, John does even though other signs were done in in between. You can see that. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs, plural, that he was doing. And yet, it's the healing of this son. That's the second sign. And I I think there's a reason for this. John clearly distinguishes between these two sons and the other miracles Jesus did because of the way they fit into the stated purpose of John's gospel. Here's why John wrote his, his whole epistle. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you might, can't do it, can't get away from that, you might have life in His name. Okay, so that's why, that's why John writes his letter. Signs are distinguished by the way they initiate and contribute to this whole subject of faith in Jesus as God the Son. Signs do something to faith, they deepen it. They deepen attachment to Jesus as Lord of all. I think you can see this in the two signs that John lists. Water into wine, healing of the official's son. They had abiding results. John lists them both quite carefully. With the water turned into wine, the faith of Jesus' own disciples was deepened. This is the first of his signs. That's the water into wine. Jesus did it. Cana of Galilee manifested his glory and his disciples. Didn't they believe in Jesus before this? His disciples believed in him. They saw Jesus turn the water into wine, okay? And his disciples believed in him. Notice, his own disciples, they, they, they already had some faith in him, but their faith, like your faith, like my faith. The point here is faith isn't just a one-time event. Boom, I just say I believe. Like all genuine faith in Jesus Christ, faith is living, constantly growing or shrinking. The water turned into wine is called the first sign because the apostle John saw the effect that it had on Jesus' own disciples. What's the lesson? Well, faith faith never quits growing. It, It never ceases to need feeding. It either expands or it shrinks. Unnourished faith you may, maybe you've been a Christian 40 years. Unnourished faith will always be vulnerable faith. Always. We should never be surprised by this. Unnourished faith has no option but to deconstruct somewhere along the way. It's inevitable. Stay fascinated with studying the greatness and glory of Christ. Stay connected to the body of Christ. Don't bail on Jesus just because life got hard and he didn't take the problem away. Now, the healing of the official's son, it also fits into this same sign category. It's quite clever, actually, of John to mention the believing of the official twice. Did you notice it in the same account? Look at it again. 49 to 53. The official said to him, to Jesus, Sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man, see it? Right there. The man believed. The word that Jesus spoke to him went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him, told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that this was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live, and he himself, there it is again. He believed in all his household. Now, this was the second sign that Jesus did when he came from Judea to Galilee. Here's the question. When did this official believe? Was it when he heard the promise of Jesus and John says he believed? Or was it when he confirmed the news with his household and John says, and he believed? And the answer is yes. That's what faith is. It it believes and it hangs on and it believes more, and it keeps following, and it believes more, and then Jesus says, go, your son's going to live, and he has no evidence that the son's any better at all. He just does exactly he does what Jesus says, he keeps going, and he believes more. You see how it works? Oh, there's, it's dangerous when Christians get into this thing where, you know, I gave my heart to Jesus, Pastor Don, I, I don't need to be going to church all the time, I don't, I don't need all this religion stuff, I'm I do social justice when I get a chance, and I'm good. No, no, you're vulnerable. Vulnerable. All right, we've got to keep going. Two. Genuine faith can take correction and even rebuke from Jesus without self-pity and without quitting. John 4, 47 to 49, when this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. This guy's desperate. This is not a little problem. So so Jesus said to him, look at this, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Yikes. The official said to him, same request, sir, just, just come. Come down before my child dies. And it's amazing how many of the commentaries say Jesus spoke these words for the surrounding onlookers, not for the official himself. I mean, it sounds nice, but the text won't allow it. 48, Jesus said, to him. The response seems at least a little abrupt. And it's fascinating to me that we get this kind of response in both signs, the two signs that we've been studying. Do you remember Jesus' words to Mary, his own mother, when she merely brought the issue of the shortness of wine at the wedding of Cana? Jesus' replied, it it sounds a bit harsh again. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, Wow. (laughs) Not Mom. (laughs) woman what does this have to do with me my hour is not yet come so why does jesus do this twice in the two signs are we meant to drill down a bit under the surface of what believing in jesus faith in jesus is all about what happens when the faithful come with their urgent issues Do do they always get a smile and a wave and a magic wand? Is there never anything that belief has to hang on to, push through, push past? Is faith never tested, delayed, weighed? Is it never uphill? We know better, don't we? We know better. Remember these first two signs when you're brokenhearted, banging on heaven's door with an urgent need, because both Mary and the official have to continue making their approach to Jesus. They got to just stay with it. After being what some people might call slighted a bit, Mary just keeps pressing ahead. When the wine ran out, look at it. Mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour was not yet come. And then look at Mary. His Mother said to the servants, just, just do whatever he tells you. See, there, there you go. What, what is belief all about? Mary, just do what he says not asking you to love it just do what he says not asking you if you think it's appropriate just do what he says not asking you if it's all your preconceived ideas just do what he says this is jesus mother's way of saying we're not done yet <laughs> we're not done yet this isn't over Listen to what Jesus will tell you next because I, I know there's more coming. See, that's faith. Now, the official awaiting his miracle from Jesus. I want you to see this pattern because it's the very same thing. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him, asked him to come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death. Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. What's the official do? Just just Come. I oh, no, just just come. Come before my son dies. The lesson here, both signs, genuine belief in Jesus means knowing he always works for our deepest good, even when it doesn't feel like it at first. He always works for your deepest good, even when it doesn't feel like it at first. Three, Almost done We're invited to trust in both the power And the reach I love this Of Jesus' word of promise Look at 47 to 50 again When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee He went to him, he walks And asked him to come down and heal his son For he was at the point of death So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. And the man believed the word that Jesus spoke. Went on his way, this miracle is so relevant to everyone in this room, everyone who ever has a need. There's something here that's precious to us. This official had walked from Capernaum to Cana, easily 20 miles. It's a bit of a hike. Comes to Jesus because he wanted to bring Jesus back with him to the place where his son was dying. What the second sign in John's account teaches this desperate official is, and teaches Don Horbin, and teaches everyone in this room, Jesus doesn't have to be physically present for his word to work. Anybody see Jesus in this room? Look around. He's not here. He's absent, the Bible says. He's present by the Spirit. We get that. Where he is right now, he's in heaven. He's at the Father's right hand. That's what the Bible says. No point talking about Jesus coming again if he never left. He's gone right now. Physically gone. The man, Christ Jesus. He's at the right hand of the Father. I can't bring loved ones to a physically present Jesus here on earth. Not yet. You have to have others pray for you without seeing Jesus at the front of any church or Jesus in any prayer room. But notice in this second sign, and it's what we're meant to see, Jesus speaks healing to the official in the form of a promise before the official has any evidence for a miracle, right? Go not going to die. Trust by this leader is forced by nothing, nothing but Jesus' bare word, which you have recorded here. That's the point of the text. There's nothing verifying the miracle when the ruler hears it and he heads obediently for home. He has the promise and nothing else. The bare word of Jesus is enough. Still is. Always is. Where faith is being tested and stretched for you. Where's that happening right now? Where, Where does obedience to Jesus seem to cost more than its offering? right now. Where do you have to follow just because Jesus calls you through the voice of Scripture or conscience, the haunting pull of the Holy Spirit on your life? And what are you doing next? When I was a kid, we used to sing, trust, and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. It's pretty good theology. It's pretty good theology, especially the part, there is no other way, i like to live this Christian life. You hear Jesus speak. He does it in sermons. He does it through his word. He does it as you kneel in prayer. He does it through conscience. The thing you know you should do next. You hear Jesus speak and there is no way to keep faith alive. You cannot keep faith alive without just obey. Trust and obey. It's not rocket science. There is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And everybody said,